Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start, just a heads up that this episode contains testimonies and stories of war that some listeners may find upsetting or disturbing. While I was sitting, I had my arm. So I fell in love with my AK-47. I said, now I have somebody to take care of me. This is my mom. This is my pa. This is my family. I'm going to keep it and going to protect me. This is how Morris Matadi recalls his years as a child soldier during the war. Today, he's a father. Morris witnessed the murder of his parents and siblings during the war. He said they were taken behind a hut by the rebels and never returned. He heard gunshots, he heard screams, and later he saw rebels returning with blood on them and dripping from their knives. Morris realized that that was where the rebels took people to kill. We're in Painesville, a city right outside of Monrovia, the capital of Liberia. A reporter on the ground, Cariel, is sitting in Morris's house, a lower middle-class building for local standards. After his whole family was killed by rebels, Morris was alone and became an easy prey to those who recruited child soldiers. They put a rifle in his hands. This is how he remembers that moment. We all wanted to survive. So either you kill or you be killed. So that was the situation, my sister. Lately, these memories don't often pop up in Morris's mind. He used to have vivid nightmares, but now he considers that period a close chapter of his life. He has healed physically and also mentally, even though recovering from psychological trauma has taken longer than expected. I, I was traumatized, but I'm now no more traumatized. Welcome to Cry Like a Boy, a podcast about how the pressure to be a real man drives men to be brave, insensitive, and always strong, and about how this can damage families and societies. We're back in the smallest nation of West Africa, Liberia, for the second part of our documentary about the Liberian men, some as young as the age of nine years old who fought in the country's civil war that ravaged the country between 1989 and 2003. A war of several fractions fueled by natural resources, age-old inter-ethnic tensions, and the wide gap between the rich and the poor. These warriors who once lived by their own rules became the black sheep of society once the war ended and the rules returned. 
society sees them under a negative light because of the violence they committed during the war. But these soldiers are also victims. They suffer the pressure of traditional masculinity during the conflict, and now they carry its trauma. As they're afraid of losing their reputation as men, they do not speak publicly about the psychological wounds that war inflicted on them. They are not dealing with trauma, they are still living with trauma. I I dare you if you could visit some of those people's homes and see how they interact with their children. The little child that is just two years old coming to meet daddy. And when you see how daddy was pushing you away, you know that the traumatic situation that daddy passed through that he is still living it. We have not really dealt with trauma in Liberia. We are still living with trauma. This is Alexander Blackie. He works for the Carter Center's mental health program, which aims to strengthen the weak Liberian public mental health system. So we need to sit and discuss the, the reality. It happened. I did. Please forgive me. In Liberia, the UN has surveyed the population living in one of the areas that was most impacted by the war. The study has shown that almost half of the respondents reported symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. However, there are still many people here who do not believe that medical treatment is possible for mental illnesses. The government itself only introduced a mental health policy in 2009 and a mental health law in 2017. Cariel Doe, a reporter on the ground, explains how Liberians perceive mental health. For the thousands of people living as laborers and making only a few dollars a day, a mental health day could be a day with no food. But as we know, trauma does not care about one's circumstances, and it finds ways to let you know it's there. When a person experiences a mental health crisis, especially in rural areas, it is often attributed to black magic curses from jealous neighbors or demonic possession. With few mental health resources available in Liberia and very little information available about how and where to find such help, people in crisis often turn to churches or traditional healers to address their problems. In extreme cases, those without strong support networks can end up homeless and roaming the streets, often the subject of pity, ridicule, and fear. Others use drugs to escape. Mental health issues are common amongst those who return from war all over the world. PTSD knows no boundaries. It overcomes the limits of space, but also of time. PTSD in soldiers was already documented in ancient Greece. Just like today, these men suffered from persistent nightmares after coming home from war. Let's move on to more recent times. During the American Civil War, some soldiers described suffering from anxiety and feeling constantly on edge. People called it soldier's heart. But it was during World War I that soldiers experienced PTSD at its worst. People called it shell shock. This psychological trauma required a formal treatment. whole construction of masculinities and you know in all of the world for the most part um, has been that men don't seek help we're not allowed to ask for it you know it whether we look back at uh, Europe in World War one where we started to come up with this idea of shell shock 
but it was an unmanly thing. Real men didn't need help. This is Gary Barker, the founder of Promundo, an international NGO that aims at engaging men in the discourse revolving around gender equality. Men coming out of World War I and II, for that matter, were considered weak men if they talked about their war experiences of anything other than glory. Psychological trauma is like a wound. The skin heals, but it leaves behind a scar. In the case of soldiers, the silent wound inflicted by war is the most difficult to heal. It leaves a thick scar of memories behind. With PTSD, trauma tends to come back again in a destructive form. Patients re-experience the past traumatic situations vividly, and these experiences provoke the same fear as the original trauma. In Liberia and around the world, soldiers with PTSD find relief in venting their anger. Sometimes they resort to alcohol or drugs. You know, it's it's easy to look with a sense that, you know, young men, adult men involved in conflicts are damaged and they're walking time bombs and they're harmful. And as much as that may remain unspoken, there's a huge amount of belief that the men involved in that are, you know, stay away from them. Don't give them jobs. Don't have your children hang out with them and let your sons or daughters marry their sons or daughters. So I think, you know, how do we move away from those were the men who caused harm where they are, you know, they bring damage to our communities, to those are men who need help. We're back with Morris's family at the doors of his one-story olive-colored house surrounded by palm trees. Outside, there's music, there's noise, there's bustle. Since the end of the war, he has come a long way to settle in his home in this neighborhood. He went from a child soldier to a counselor. Today, he's helping others to overcome trauma. For those who have fathers still battling their trauma and drug addiction, Morris decided to provide educational support. What began as an after-school tutoring program for seven children grew into the 235-student Rilo Foundation Educational School System, where the children of ex-combatants and drug addicts attend school for free. Morris says that when people meet him and don't know about his past, they're surprised to discover that he was once a child soldier. I was a, a former child soldier. I, I participated in the war for swimming as well. What? You tell me you lie, Morris? I said, I'm telling you. So I will go online and show them my photo in uniform. Say, what? Your behavior different. Here's what Gary Barker thinks about the social rehabilitation of former soldiers. What it takes to bring someone back from that is a huge number of years. And, you know, some of the work that we did around, have supported around psychosocial support for that, you know, is just how much your whole, your worldview is framed around the world is out to get you, the home that you thought you had before, they're now all your enemies. And yet men who, when we gave them a chance to talk about it, long for a family life, they long for a connection, they long for a community where they're not feared, they are able to see how horrible it is to live your life being feared all the time. Get in. 
It's hot and sunny outside, and Morris takes our reporter Cariel to walk with him around his neighborhood. On their way, they meet his neighbors. It's a very close community where he has found his place. He's highly respected. So that anger doesn't rise up when someone... No. I suppress it. I practice every day is to suppress my anger. For the past 14 years, since the end of the war, Morris has been working on himself to overcome his trauma. He does it by focusing on the big picture. And he also does small daily tricks to avoid getting caught up in awful flashbacks. I walk away and let it go. The first thing, when one wants to get rid of the trauma, they have their self-change. And change comes from within. It can be difficult for an individual alone to find a solution to his trauma. More often than not, it is necessary to seek help. In Liberia, former soldiers have found relief in support groups. Support groups were also the solution that the miners we encountered in episodes 9 and 10 of our podcast implemented to escape toxic masculinity. There, soldiers alike find a safe place to share their emotions in the former wartime comradeship. Today, these brothers in arms ask themselves if it's possible to move on, if one can become a good man, even after inflicting so much violence. Because good man, it's not about who you was before. Good man is understanding how to really, how to move for people. Putting people's situation in your shoes, understanding relationship of, of people, understanding society, knowing how to you know, relate, and knowing how to accept your wrong. So I believe a soldier or ex-combatant can be a good man. Even the Zocos on the street can still be a good man. We stay back in the same old life. Emmanuel Kilo works to rehabilitate former combatants. He first began this work as part of the National Ex-Combatants Peacebuilding Initiative in 2006. Now he has impromptu group counseling sessions on his own with the ex-combatants. These men are what one may call success stories. They work, they have relationships with friends and family, and they have learned skills to recognize and halt triggers. People are not willing to accept these people back. And I think the only way forward, the only way forward is when we, we all come back together. They, we, these people are your children, they are your brother, sister, family. You should accept them back into society. During these meetings, these ex-combatants find a safe space to share their experiences. They talk about war and how to cope with trauma in times of peace, about being rejected by society, second chances, and fatherhood. Many share the same goal, being a good person and a good father. They don't want to pass their trauma onto their children. What am I doing this? I'm a decent person, I'm a good person, I came from a home. And after you start having children, and you want your children to look at you as a good person or a father, it's a role model. Gary Barker agrees with the opinion of this former soldier. Yeah, I do think for men in particular, where you know we're often behind this facade of of not sharing, you know, the impact of trauma or our feelings or our, our connection to others, that to become a father and to be involved as a caregiver is, is I think, a powerful motor for change. 
Back in Morris's home, his girlfriend Yankee and their youngest son are cooking together. Morris has four children. Two were born during the war and two after. He recognized he was two different men during and after the conflict. Therefore, he has also been two different kinds of fathers. So Joe, he loved violence because when I was born, when, 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 when I had Joe, the nature of violence was in me. So I be that trauma, by nature can be transferred. By nature can be transferred to, to a child who father is traumatized. So is it possible for these former soldiers to be fully reintegrated into society? Whether it's Liberia, Sierra Leone, DRC, Rwanda, there's generations of young men who were drawn into that really with very little choice and where we need to kind of shift our analysis or our thinking about them from they're the ones who caused horrible harm to they were also shaped to be those harmful men. And we've got to figure out what kind of psychosocial support and trauma support and livelihood support to bring them back into our shared humanity. There's still something in Morris of that boy who hugged his AK-47 as if it were his whole family. He can't escape it. It's his past. But he doesn't want his past to define who he is today. He wants everyone to see the efforts he made to put everything behind to become a good father, a good partner, and a good neighbor. His efforts to heal his invisible war wound. He wants to stop being the fierce soldier he used to be. He simply wishes to fit back into society and be a good man. A good man is a man who presents himself in a calm manner. A good man is a man who controls his anger and acts more intelligently when he is angry. That's a good man. A good man is the one who takes responsibility of his people. A good man is the man who lives with his friends. A good man is a man who, who suffers to provide for his family in a good manner. A good man is a man who will never forsake his family. like a boy. In our following episodes, we will have a conversation about the documentary we have just listened to. We will be joined by Nobel Peace Prize winner Lema Gaboi. Her work to unite Liberian women of different ethnicities and religions with a common goal to end the war was fundamental in bringing the conflict to an end. If you're new to the series, check out our stories on redeemed husbands from Burundi, gay men from Senegal, traumatized minors from Lesotho, and fallen heroes and migrants from Guinea. All African men fighting to defy the strict gender roles and rules. You can visit our website for more original content, videos, and opinion pieces. I'm Daniela Lavario, and it's been a pleasure to accompany you on this journey. In this episode, we used music by Liberian artist Faith Bonnick. You can find out more about her music in her YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. With original reporting and editing by Cariel Doe in Monrovia, Liberia, 
Marta Rodriguez-Martinez, Naira Dablashian, Lilo Montalto Manella, and Arwa Barcala in Lyon, Mam Peya Diao in Nairobi, Lori Martinez in Paris, France, and Clitzia Sala in London, UK. Production design by Studio Chanda. Theme by Gabriel Belmaso. Special thanks to Mampea for collecting the music for this episode. Our editor-in-chief is Yasser Khan. For more information on Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original series and podcast, go to euronews.com forward slash programs forward slash cry dash like dash boy to find opinion pieces, videos, and articles on the topic. Follow us at Euronews on Twitter and at euronews.tv on Instagram. Our podcast is available on CastBox, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like this episode, please give us five stars and leave a comment. We love reading those. Share with us your own stories of how you changed and challenged your view on what it means to be a man. Use hashtag CryLikeABoy. If you're a French speaker, this podcast is also available in French. Dans la tête des hommes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.